Hey, Connor, who's that in the room with us? That's a dead jackalope. No, that I wasn't talking about the jackalope. I was talking about the person, you know, that's right across from us. Oh, that's Hannah Lodge. Oh, hi, Hannah. Hello. This is The Christian Artist. Honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. My name is Hannah. Welcome back, Hannah, to the 51st episode. Glad you could join us. Hannah, how, how recently did you get back from college? Last night. Why? <laughs> and, and we're making you do a podcast with us oh, the next day? They dragged me by my hair. Uh-huh. My golden curls. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you agreed. I did I did say in the text that if you really were tired, then no, you shouldn't come. True. I just wanted a break from organizing all of this I bet stuff. you did. So that's, that's I'm a good friend, so I decided to do you that. You knew I needed a mental break. Yep, I knew it. Because I need a mental break right now. Yes. That's that's what I why I'm doing this right now. Yes. Is because I've been writing a paper all day that's about gross. abortion. So that's depressing. We should talk about abortion. <laughs> I mean, we could. We a can little talk bit. about what's in your paper. Oh my gosh, we should do that. We, I guess we only could. You know about See, that. that's why I said earlier that we should have just been recording while we were talking. Yeah, is because I thought all of that was interesting. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's kind of pointless to just rehash what we just already talked about. So we could probably talk about it a little bit, but. We could. So okay, let's let's do this real quick. Let's let's talk about what we've been doing lately, just real quick, kind of catch everybody up to speed since last Monday when we recorded an episode, and last like two months. I two drove months a car ago. for the first time in two months today. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah that's fine. Oh, that's good. Oh, no. Did everybody else survive? Yes, oh, actually. Okay. <laughs> there you go. My roommate got in a really bad car accident recently. Hmm. She was fine, but the car was not, and they were on the interstate, and I'm. Oh, I have to go take a final, but I'm glad you're still alive. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that. So that's what Hannah's been doing lately. <laughs> Finals. I just finished my first year. There you go. Congratulations. Thanks. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> now I'm going to start taking more classes over the summer. Too. What did you get in your chem final? An A. An A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She was excited when she told us to us earlier. It was super stressful because I took it, and then our professor's like, if you want, you can come down to my office, and I'll grade it right there for you. So I was sitting, and he was grading, and he's like, oh, no, there's a lot wrong right here. And like, oh, here's a good stretch. Okay, we're almost done. The end of the test was the worst. And he's like, okay, you got this, and it curves to an A here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the only reason that... I got an A in my math class oh, my first semester was because of the curve. I loved yes, it. I loved, loved the curve. it so much. He curved ten percent. Thanks. Very nice. Connor, what have you been doing lately? Not much. Yeah, I know, because you're not in college. Yeah. Psh, but you're still in school. Oh yeah. Well, I've been learning stuff. <laughs> what are you been learning, Connor? <laughs> I learned that I'm not French, and I'm happy about that fact. <laughs> Right, because you're learning about the French Revolution and stuff. And well, I'm, I'm, over, I'm over that now. I'm just getting past the Napoleonic, Napoleonic era as I'm well. <laughs> I'm on to the repercussions of what was going on with France and how they got together and were like, all right, guys, we need to like set everything in order mm-hmm. again. So I'm intrigued. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I have been writing the paper, as I said, on abortion. For my Asian philosophy class, which I know I've talked about on this podcast before, 
this semester. Um, I, you know, for my final research paper. Wait, pause. Asian or ancient? Asian okay, philosophy. Okay, I've been confused. Ancient Asian philosophy. Well, some of it is ancient Asian philosophy, but some of it is more That's modern. That's a tongue twister. Ancient so. Asian. Ancient Asian philosophy. I was trying to. <laughs> and the first word that came to my brain was aardvarks. <laughs> Ancient Asian aardvark philosophy. But that's not really a tongue twister. Um, but yeah, aardvarks. I got to choose, you know, what I wanted to do for my final research paper, and I decided because I Hinduism was one of the, the philosophies that like really interested me the most of the ones we learned about, um, and so I decided to write it on that. And I, I really wasn't sure what I was going to write about until about Friday. Um, even though I think we were technically supposed to send him a topic in the middle of April, but he never talked about it in class. <laughs> so I just saw in the syllabus like the other day that, oh, it's due. Your topic is due on April 13th. And read like, your syllabus always. <laughs> no, I do though. But like, syllabus. he didn't talk about it in class at all. And I know. like, I just didn't know. And so if I was you have like, a question it is in the syllabus. Yes. I usually do read the syllabus and I did read the syllabus at the beginning of the semester, but then he didn't talk about it. And so I was just and like, you start doing other things. I was assuming like, that he would say, "Hey guys, next week you need to have your paper top again." And I would have sent him my paper topic, but he didn't say anything. So, anyway, but like, so I figured out. I basically like ordered a bunch of sources on Hinduism, like from the the, the textbook we were having at the end of every chapter, depending on whether you know that you had to have a specific um, theme for the chapter, and at the end it have a bunch of sources that you could like check out all related to those kinds of things that were talked about in the chapter. So I basically just went to that, the last bit of the chapter and ordered every single source that I could find mm -hmm. from the library. And most of them were about Hindu ethics and most of those were about abortion somehow. Like there were a, a surprising number of books on the Hindu views on abortion and euthanasia and stuff like that. And so I basically just was like, well, I got all these books on abortion. I guess I'm going to write about that. And so I did. And I basically like compared Hindu and Christian ethics having to do with abortion, which is actually, it's interesting because they're actually very similar in some ways, different in very obvious ways, obviously, because, you know, Christian and Hindu philosophy is just very wildly different. But in specifics for abortion, it was actually very similar. So it was interesting going through that and just being able to figure out that, you know, Hindu philosophy is like super against abortion for whatever reason. So... It's very interesting. <clears throat> That's good. And obviously there are reasons for it, but I don't want to bore you with like reciting my paper, so I won't. Because you've already bored us. So. I know. I know. <laughs> I just read your entire paper. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've actually been thinking about doing some no. sort of podcast oh. thing where I'm not like yeah. not like I read my paper, but like that I read writing that I've done. Oh. That's like an audiobook kind of a thing. But then. I think about the fact that everything I've written, I will probably edit at some point in the future, and I don't want to have to spend the time to record an audiobook for a short story that when I know I'm going to editing. revise. When, when you're when yeah. you're doing that, you're just going to be editing as you go. Exactly. That's and all then, you're gonna. It's yeah. all it's gonna end up being. being. Yep. And then it's just gonna be like two hours, and you get through one chapter. Exactly. So that's why I won't do that because I don't have enough time. Or to do you that. could have a really good excuse to go back through and edit your. That's uh, true. I mean, when I go back and edit something, like really edit something, I read it out loud. That's what I do. Huh. You start recording yourself. I mean, I guess, but it's easier to not. <laughs> I would oh, yeah. do the audiobook for the finished product. Yeah, exactly. But is art ever done? Uh, the oh. art is never done. You're just done with it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, twist. <laughs> Unless you lock it away and 
burn all of it or something, then it's done. It's probably done. I mean, it's gone. Yeah, at but that he who point, destroys yeah. a good book kills reason, destroys reason himself. Wow. Sip four quote. <laughs> ah, that is a sip four that quote, is isn't it? Quote. See, I miss those sip four quotes. Yeah, those are so good. And he you know they're, they're bringing back for he, Civilization Six. Yes. Um, Wait, Spock is coming back for no, Civ Six? No, he's dead, Connor. <laughs> Let him be more I'm dead. sorry. I don't know. I love that guy. Why did I say that? He had great sorry. He was great. He he did. <laughs> Hannah's looking at us very confused. The game, Civilization Four, which is like an RTS game about the history of the world. They had quotes for every technology you could research. And like when you finish researching it, it would have this quote about that technology. Like hunting was... If you, if you chase, chase two, two rabbits, rabbits, you will lose, lose them both. both. It was a Native American <laughs> proverb. But it was Leonard Nimoy reading all the quotes, so it was always really cool because his voice was awesome. Don't I, wait till the iron is hot, hot to strike. Make it hot by striking. I, uh, one Metal of my casting. favorites. One of my favorites I always thought was funny was, uh, um, you can get more of what you want with a kind word and a gun than you can yeah, with just a kind word. word. And then I posted that on Facebook <laughs> at the age of fifteen, and all of my relatives were like. This is a horrible quote. You should not. Wait, wait, I was seriously? like, no, I thought this was funny. Like, I it's wasn't hilarious. saying it's a good idea. Wait, really? You got flagged for that? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Like, all the all the uh, cousins from uh, Ohio were like, Caleb. Really? I, and, then, and then we're worried about our aunt, you. Our aunt, uh, Aunt Joe, she wrote, okay. or jail time. <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. See, see, she, she was like, yeah, hey, exactly. this is funny. But, but then I realized like what it sounded like. It's just yeah. like, why am I posting this as a quote on my it's Facebook? Funny. I just thought hilarious. it was funny, but you know, okay. I mean, I posted the, the new Adam 4D comic of the different translations of the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you talking? see the comments on that? No, I did not. Apparently there is actually some um, concern as to whether or not it's an actually apocryphal verse. Where John really? didn't actually write it. Are you there's serious? Some, there's some confusion as to whether or not that's actually should be concluded, uh, included in the Bible. Eh. But but it doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't matter because yeah. other there are other places. Yeah, other that places that affirm that exact yes. thing that Jesus said. So. so who cares? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so. Well, no, but if it, if it says it in other places, you can just use scripture to interpret scripture. Yeah. And, and the verse matter. we're referencing is, what is it? John 9.18. John 9.18, which is after like the... I'll, I'll post it in the line notes, or maybe I won't. I don't know. I always say that, and then I never do, but... It's the verse right after the woman who was called in adultery was about to be stoned, and then Jesus says... Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, There's Jesus, always a little note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, uh, you know... And neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. So. And it goes through three different versions of the Bible, and then it's the American popular version. Uh, and neither sense. do I condemn you. That doesn't yeah. sound good. Yeah, and then it, he's like, and neither do I condemn you. And I have absolutely nothing else left to say. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the American popular version. Yep. Oh, dear. It's so great. So great. Oh, dear. But okay, we've just been randomly talking about what we've been doing lately. So what's the actual point of this episode, guys? Question. That is a good the question. Episode. That is the point of this episode. <laughs> but I, I think what we'll probably end up doing is uh, Carly Pinch, our great fan, Carly Pinch. She uh, posted on, or she tweeted at us and asked, um, and I will actually just look up the exact tweet here. Uh, she says, "You kind of answered this several times before, but question for the podcast: What makes a good character, if anything?" Yeah, no, there's nothing that makes... Or in anything. Oh, in anything. Oh, I was about to say, there's nothing that makes a good character. (laughs) No, it's really just... (laughs) Yeah. Fear luck. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. 
in, in anything. So like in any in anything show, TV. So so not talking movie, about specific book, like genre or specific art. medium, just okay. any character. All right. So that's a very large question. <laughs> And I know we've touched on this before, yeah. at least somewhat, but I don't think we've done a whole an episode just of what yeah. makes a good character. So, in my opinion, and I feel like, and I feel like you share this opinion too, Caleb. But if you want to know what a good character is, you need to watch the show Lost. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty well, of other yes, things you can are. watch and, and read to get what a good character yes, is. But that is a good example it is an of good characters. Good that, those are my favorite characters. Okay. Can we agree on those? Can we, can we agree on that or not? I, no. Really? Those definitely aren't my favorite characters. And, and okay, TV show wise. Let's TV, show TV show wise? No. Nope. Really? TV show wise. Nope. Who would your favorite characters be, though? <sighs> not Down Abbey, though they have really good characters, too. So, so like, cast wise that we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, okay, cast wise. Cast -wise. Yeah, that's really tough. See, I don't watch a whole lot of TV shows. I, yeah, okay. I, I don't either, but... Maybe Prison really Break. Maybe Prison it. Break. See, that's Maybe what I'm thinking. Break. Because I think Prison Break I liked better than Lost. Really? Yeah, I did. Just because... I don't know why. Like, and, and this is weird because when we were watching Lost, I loved Lost. It was my favorite show. Yeah. But now I enjoy it, but I look back on it and I'm well, like, yes. I well, don't that's think I could say it's my favorite show. But that's because there's not that emotional experience of... Because every episode was a mystery. Mm -hmm. There's something, some big reveal that you fade out at the end where you're... When, and then you spend, like, the next week... It, we didn't. We just watched another episode until <laughs> it was 2 in the morning. Yep. Um, but then but then you would spend the next week trying to figure out the answer to uh -huh. the question it presented. Like, okay, so so this just happened, but why? And, you, and mm -hmm. you're trying to figure it out. And it's this every single episode is that there's always this mystery where it's like, okay, well, so this happened, and I, you know, but but why? But why did it happen? And I want to figure that out. And then because, and, and that doesn't work as a show, but because the characters were so intriguing, and because you cared so much about the characters, mm -hmm. it made you know it it carried on the show, and then the entire time you the mysteries mattered because you were you cared about the characters. Mm -hmm. That's why I thought it was yeah. so good. No, I, I guess. And I, I think part of it is because the mystery is so distanced from the characters in my mm -hmm. mind at this point that I can't... Like, I, I can remember the character arcs. I remember mm -hmm. how much I liked the characters. But it lost a lot of its sparkle. <laughs> it lost it, no, <laughs> a lot. Wow. It, it lost a lot of its sparkle for me because the mystery is solved. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I know everything that happened. Fair that's enough. it. And and with with a show like Prison Break, it was never about the mystery. It was about the thrill. It was and about the characters. well, it was about the characters. It was about what is going to happen to these people. Whereas yeah. in Lost, it was it, it was obviously some of that, but the it, main it was, it was about what's going to happen with the, the characters and what's going to happen with the island. What was going to because the island was a character. Yes, and, and I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people had problems with the end of Lost is because they felt like the island was a character and the island itself had unsatisfying character arc. That's fair. You know what I mean. So, all that's the other fair. characters had great arcs, but the island itself was just like, oh, okay, purgatory, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a spoiler, kind of, but I mean, not really. Actually, it wasn't a spoiler at all. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen it. So. That's all right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I, w I would have to agree with you on that, though. I would say that Prison Break has a has a better cast of characters. Definitely, yeah. Better cast. They're all more memorable. Well, okay. The cast of Lost is very memorable. Oh, yeah. They're extremely memorable. 
but there's something about they're, they just the prison break. They characters. have all of there's so many lovable moments, and they're all funny. They they all that's true. You every single one of those characters makes you laugh. Every single one. Okay. Anyway, I th- we're just kind of talking about random semantics between these two shows. Yeah. Let's go back to like what makes a good character in anything. What well, what are the, some of the things that we can draw from those? And then you and I know Hannah have watched Down Abbey, so mm-hmm. I know I can draw some good yes examples good from there. I think a good character. Well, you have like this. You love the character, but at the same time, you're, like, so frustrated with them. Oh, that's the entire show of Down Abbey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what made me think of that. And I think also that, well, obviously having a flawed character is very important because perfect people don't exist, so then it's not... Then it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with Down yeah. Abbey, I mean, I think that was one of the, the allures of the show is that I I understood why these people were doing what they do because it was very good at explaining these people are very hoity-toity. They live in high society Britain, you know, and they live a certain way, they dress a certain way, they have to do things a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so you understand why they're being the way they are, but it doesn't make you any less frustrated with (laughs) their behavior. But, But I think that's one of the beauties of that show is that despite the stupid just stupid decisions those characters make you care about them mm-hmm. you want to see them succeed even though they're yeah. being stupid that would probably be my problem with that show i, I sure it that. would but but i think what i think the one of the reasons i think you would like that show is because they do world building so dang well okay so i would appreciate it you as would a work appreciate of art, it as a work of art but i wouldn't so much enjoy it no i know but you would though I because think you would you, you would you would definitely have your the characters that you hated in that show, but that's you would definitely be like, you're character. being a stupid person and I don't like you at all. I don't like your story. But there's so many characters in that show that you can very easily latch onto a character and just watch it for them. That's another reason I like Downton Abbey is because who's the main character? There is no main character. Yeah. yeah. Okay, if but you had to choose a main so character, well. it would be Mary. Yeah, I guess so. Just because but the most things happen. The most her. things that, you know, but, Especially but again, in the last season. And they actually talked about this on writing excuses. Brandon Sanderson said he watched some Downton Abbey with his wife. And he, you know, that was one of the things, yeah, (laughs) that was one of the things he said is like, you know, Downton Abbey doesn't have a main character. Like there are, there are characters doing things and each of them is the main character of specific episodes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But one of the strengths of that show is how well it does an ensemble cast where Mm -hmm. you can have all these different stories going on and it doesn't really feel like any of them are getting in the way of anyone else's story. It's very true. So you can have all of these things happening at the same time, but I guess part of the, the way that works is because they have hour long episodes. Whereas in a shorter show, it would be very hard to do something like that. Um, Here's a thought, though. How would it be like... What would it be like to be the wife of Brandon Sanderson? <laughs> think, think about it. Because because of how critical Brandon Sanderson is about his own work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, about, you know, art in general. Like, that's his job. He yeah. teaches to, you know, people to uh-huh. make good art. So, like, what would it be to be like, hey, hey, come on to the show with me? And he's like, yeah, this isn't good. It's like, no! <laughs> so, to be yeah. honest, from everything I've seen, I think his wife is, like, the same way as he is. Yeah. She um, would have to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, it's obviously she's not a fantasy author and she doesn't. She's not nearly as crazy into the genre or writing as he is. But 
she does love fantasy as a genre mm-hmm. and loves, you know, the same types of stories that he does. And mm-hmm. so it's easy for them to, you know, to have shared, yeah, be, be in love. Uh, I guess that's one way to phrase it. Um, <laughs> Similar interests. Yes. On which to build a mm-hmm. relationship. Indeed. There you go. Um, but that is really besides the point. Yeah. Very <laughs> I don't think, have we ever, have we actually given any concrete tips to no. Harley at um, this point? Well, we've, we've given examples. Okay. We've given examples of good characters, both of which I don't think you've seen, though. Or maybe all three. Have you seen Downton Abbey? Maybe. I have no idea. So um, you probably haven't seen You should seen watch any of all three, three of those shows, Carly. No. No, you shouldn't. Actually, okay, you yeah, should. don't watch Prison Break. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> Wait so, until you're a little bit older to watch Prison Break. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to watch Prison Break, have make sure you can fast-forward it, which I don't think it's airing anymore, so no, it wouldn't not. be a problem. I think it's so make sure you can fast-forward it. The, the main the main problem with Prison Break is they don't pull it's any punches. It's, it's about a prison. It's about a prison, and it's a realistic prison. Yeah. They don't... They don't try to, you well, know, okay, they don't try censor to make, anything. Well, they don't try to make it over the top just for the sake of being over the yeah, top. Yeah, no, they don't. But they make it honest as to, well, this is what Yes, this be. is how it is in a prison. They yeah. don't show anything that doesn't need to be shown. Yeah. Well, um, for the most oh, part. Okay. All right. There are a couple of scenes in season two. A couple scenes. Yes. There's specifically. one scene with, with the, the evil cop guard, guy yeah. and one scene with Sucre. Yeah. When, when his, his fiance is coming to visit him. Yeah, yeah. The only two scenes. I'm pretty sure the first one is really short. Mm-hmm. The second one is not as short. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So oh, it just seemed really long. Yeah. No. Well, we fast forwarded through it, but but it was like, oh, is tell, it not over yeah, yet? You can tell <laughs> oh, how goodness. long it lasts by fast forwarding. Um, okay. But <laughs> but yeah. Again, like the, the the main reason we're recommending these shows just because of character is because they do character very well. Like yes. they. They do a very good well, and I think part of it is because all of those shows are ensemble casts. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you think of a show like Death Note, for example, which is definitely not that way. Like it's way more centric on the main character and his villain, and then some supporting characters. Whereas in Prison Break, and Prison Break is probably the least like an ensemble cast, but Lost and Downton Abbey especially are very like every single one of these characters is important, has their own story has their own arc in the show and they're all going to be a part of it in a almost main character way. Whereas, and you know, the same with a movie like civil war almost, um, but not quite, not quite as much cause they don't have all their, but again, it's a movie, so they don't have as much time, but I'm digressing. And what I mean to say is if you're going to, okay. So, so I know that you're writing a book right now, Carly. And I don't think it's an ensemble book, from what I know. But, I mean, if it is, then those are great shows to watch. But if, if you're going to watch any of those shows, you know, for, for getting examples and ideas and stuff like that, focus on one of those characters and and just dig into, all right, what makes this character arc work? Why? Like, the one that you like the most. Just say, hey, why does this work? Analyze the well, scenes. Like, the main thing about characters is the characters... And, and people will disagree with this, and you you can tell different stories, you know, and not follow this principle, but the best story is one that is character-driven, and mm-hmm. 90% of stories are character-driven. Why? Because 90% we're characters. 90% of good stories are character-driven. Yes. Why? Because we're characters. 
Yes. I mean, you can relate to characters because you are a character. There are definitely those people who really enjoy, like, the science fiction short stories where the main character has really no purpose except to solve the science fiction mystery thing that's happening. And, like, oh, my goodness, this this technology is destroying the world. But the character really doesn't matter. It's the sci-fi technology that's cool. Mm -hmm. And I know people like Becca and Trevor are are good friends. Those are the kind of people who would really enjoy those kind of stories. I don't. But that's, again, a a preference thing. But uh, for the most part, stories should be character-driven and should Mm -hmm. be about... Well, okay, it shouldn't necessarily be about the characters in the sense that everything in the the story happens because of the characters. Like, it should be a a living, breathing world that has things happening that's not about the characters. Yeah. But everything that happens should be filtered through the lens of the character. Um, especially if you're writing like third person limited, um, which is the normal viewpoint that people are writing from nowadays. Everything, and I think this is one of the main things that people get wrong about when they're writing these days is viewpoint. Is when they're writing along and then suddenly they will hop into another person's head without even really realizing it and show us their thoughts or just have it so blank that everything could be coming from a blank narrator who's faceless and doesn't have any personality whatsoever and you just get the base facts it's like a police report what you want to do with third person limited and obviously there are different ways different viewpoints you can do like third person omniscient is you're in everybody's heads third person cinematic is more along the lines of you know a, a film kind of approach to it where you are just kind of seeing it from the outside but those are very specific things that you need to learn how to do whereas third person limited is the standard probably what you're going for probably what most writers are going for nowadays or first person limited but those are both very similar um in the fact that everything that happens in the story everything the character sees when you're in a chapter about this character it is through their viewpoint it is i am seeing this thing my this character is and you can see that in shows even like you can tell in a lot of shows a lot of well done shows where this scene is about this character and you will see this character reacting to things you will see this character seeing things through their eyes because you're you're framing everything that happens in light of their arc um and it's the same sort of way in in writing fiction it's um, you walk into, if you're doing third person limited, right. And this is the last thing I'll say before I let you guys talk. Cause I've just been rambling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, if you're doing third person limited, right. Three different characters should be able to walk into the room and the descriptions be completely different. And you don't even need to tell us that this character is a plumber for us to know that they're a plumber because they notice the leak in the ceiling. But, and when no other character will notice that, or if they do, it's a very, very slight thing like they they just hear a drip of water and don't think second uh, think another second about it whereas the plumber would be like oh man they'd maybe think oh i think i know what's wrong there i could totally fix that whereas and you don't even need to say i'm a plumber in the thing you just say that line of of thought of saying oh well i totally know how i could fix that and then you you know that he's a plumber and put it like this so if if you need the care if you need the readers to know what the character does by at the time you are writing this scene if you're like hmm they need to know that this guy is a plumber mm-hmm. for this story to continue <laughs> but i can't but i can't just put that in there and, you know it, it would be exposition if i put it in here now especially because what you need to do is yeah. write a scene before that so if, let's say that's the first scene of your story 
and the, but the character, the readers need to know that it's a plumber, then just write a scene before that. Don't make that the first chapter. Make that the second chapter so that you can establish the character. And, and, but, okay, but I would kind of disagree with you on that point simply because with a first chapter, you can get away with things that you wouldn't necessarily be, be able to get away with in okay, later chapters enough. because you're establishing the, the scene. Like if, if you're going to have them solve a problem, and I think this is where you're coming at, where you need to have proper foreshadowing for this character is a plumber so that when there is a toilet that needs being, needs to be fixed, you know that the character can solve that problem and the tools are already in place for them to do that. Whereas the in the first chapter... <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't talked in five minutes. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're in the first chapter. Um, you can just be told... like The, the person can just whip out a, a, a plunger and just start plunging the toilet and this is a horrible example but yeah. he can just plumbers? I don't know I, I started it I'm sorry <laughs> he can just whip out a plunger and start plunging the toilet and you solve the problem of the first chapter without us knowing that he was a plumber when we started the yes, chapter fair point. but well, that's because yeah. the first chapter is not there to solve the main problem of the story it's to set up the character for us and if you show the character this is what a James Bond movie does for example, like the whole first chapter in air quotes of that movie is James Bond doing the things that James Bond does in the way that James Bond does them. When what happened in, in the in the scene probably does, doesn't really have to do with anything else but James Bond being cool. But then we get to see James Bond being cool so that when we get into later parts of that story, we know that James Bond can do these certain things. And so it's not a surprise for us. It's not a Oh, come on. He had a grappling hook. Why didn't he ever have a grappling hook before? If you show the character having a grappling hook in the first chapter and solve a minor problem, then at the end of the series, if you've established that he has a grappling hook, he uses this grappling hook. And then there's a situation where the whole plot problem, like, for example, solved, is solved by having a grappling hook. It's a very satisfying moment because you're like, oh, this character totally has the tools to solve this problem. So. Yeah, I keep thinking of Brotherhood when we're criticizing this guy. It's making me really sad. Because it doesn't do any of these things? Well, it, it does, but it doesn't at the same time. Like, when we were talking about an ensemble cast, mm -hmm. when you said that, it, you know, everything needs to be able to be filtered through... Wait, what, what did you say about that? Ensemble cast? Well, well, but in each character's scene, whenever you're talking about that character, it is their scene. It is them talking about them from their viewpoint... Um, no, you, what you were saying is, is it's in a living, breathing world where things happen, but they're right. still, but it's, it's, it's from the character's viewpoint. Yes. And that's not what they did. They, they made up new characters so that they could right. tell you everything that was going on in detail, everything that was going on mm -hmm. in the world instead of, you know, doing it from the main character's viewpoint right. is why I didn't like it. If you need to make new characters to further your plot, you're not telling a good well, story. Well, if you need to make new characters at the third, three, four, three fourths mark yes. of your story, yes. <laughs> don't make fun of me. Hello. Too late. To be fair, yeah. it was it was more like forty percent through the through the story. Where Still they, but they but much. they had to. They they literally had to. I think by that point in the story, you should have most of your characters, if not all of your yeah. characters, in play. Because once you reach the half point of the story, if you're adding new... Because every time you add a new character, you not only increase the word count, but you increase the yeah. well, okay. the problems that could arise, mm -hmm. the bugs that might need to be fixed kind of a thing. And like, this character is now a player in this, and what will they do in this scene? You know what I mean? And you have to think yeah. of all those things. It was more just like, 
my problem with it was not that they made up made new characters to put in the story. That's cool as long as their character is essential to the story being told. Ah, they just made they a new created story. more stories by adding new characters, right. and that was the problem. Hannah, do you have any brilliant insight to offer us? Well, I was thinking what you're talking about right now is how you communicate the character in mm-hmm. your story, but just deciding on what your character is going to be. Mm-hmm. I think is a big part early of it. on, yeah. Because even before you like start writing yes. anything, you have to decide. Okay, this character is going to be a plumber, and they're <laughs> going to do this and that. They're going to plumb so, like, lots of toilets. <laughs> is that what plumbers do? I'm no, not, not sure. really. <laughs> I don't think so. That's probably just what homeowners. My do. uncle, the one who lives, who owns a casino in oh. Las Vegas, he's a plumber. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. True, true story. Why is he a plumber if he owns a casino? That was the um, fake story, remember? Because oh. he doesn't actually own a casino. You just thought he did. Oh. Hey, Even though you I was you me lied. I wasn't trying to trick you. Yeah, I you kind of want to go back and read through that Facebook <laughs> conversation. Well, it's because I trusted you. Ooh, that did sink it. I just want to go back and read the conversation, but that would take probably a long time to find. Because yeah, that was a really long time ago. Um, what was I saying? Oh, building your character. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, trying to decide, well, I guess, which do you decide first, your characters or the story you want to tell? Mm. I mean, do you make characters and, like, what would these people do if they were real? Or, I mean, maybe they're not people. (laughs) But what would these characters do if they, in their real lives, lives? Lives. Did you know that giraffes doesn't fit? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I discovered this. (gasps) You can't even get out the sentence. What? You don't know, you say giraffes. Say, like, knife. You say knives. Knives. But giraffes but doesn't you work. Say giraffes. Giraffes. And also, there's another one. Well, like leaf leaves. Gosh, I came up with another one the other day too. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, you didn't Sorry. really come up with another one. I, I just thought of another I one. I think you I have trumped our rabbit trailing. <laughs> Not Trump. Oh no. Ah, no, that's another rabbit trail. Oh no. Go on that rabbit trail. Okay, we can just cut all that out. <laughs> what was I even saying that made me think of? I literally don't even know. <laughs> lives. You're talking about lives. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Life. Uh, well, I think lives. you were talking about which one came first, right? And yeah. I think it really does. I'm not it just sure matters if there's on, an answer to that question. Well, okay, it goes back to the whole outline versus discovery writing question, where are you going to outline your book beforehand, or are you just going to discovery write it and mm-hmm. then revise it afterward? Either way, you're going to have to think about what you just said or mm-hmm. what you want your character to be. Um, because if you discovery write and you're just figuring out your character as you go along, you already know that you have to go back and establish that earlier on mm-hmm. when you actually know what you want them to be. Um, instead of just like right. writing stream of consciousness and then just throwing it out there to be published, Word, that won't vomit. Work. Yeah. yeah, no. Um, so what I was thinking is like how you go about building that character. Like if you know that you want some certain thing accomplished in your story, then you kind of build the character to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you just want to build characters and then think, oh, if these characters were all thrown in my world, what would they do? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so and obviously, if you do something, something like that that will definitely be more of a discovery writing have to go back and revise mm-hmm. thing because yeah. they'll just randomly, your characters will just take on a life of your own, a life of their mm-hmm. own at that point and just do random things take in the world. Take your own life. <laughs> oh no. That's, okay. That's not what I was <laughs> saying. What you said. That's not what I meant to say. Um, they'll, they'll take their, 
they'll go on rabbit trails of their own. And then once you figure out later on writing that book, what you actually want the plot to be, where you're like, oh, this would be an interesting th thing the characters could deal with. Then you go back and you're like, all right, this is what the story is about. Mm -hmm. Now we start at that yeah. base. No. Um, you can't, what you can't do is further the character's story by himself. If if you have to take the the char a character away from the story you're telling in order to further his character story, you you can't do that if it's not a character story. I don't know what you just said. Okay, all right. So for for example, again, Brotherhood. There's the there's a point in in the story where they're in basic they're basically dungeon delving. They're okay. basically in a dungeon. It's the day of something. I forget what it's what it was called, but it was the, some sort of day and uh, like the day of reckoning or judgment or something like that. And you know. Every every bad thing is gonna go down today, and they're going through this basic basically dungeon delving, trying to find the main bad guy. Mm -hmm. And um, there's another bad guy that comes, and um, Mustang wants revenge on on this guy, and so he goes after him, and everybody else is like, "All right, um, well, it's his thing, so we're just gonna keep going." And they're like, "No, this is our fight," or it was it was Mustang and Hawkeye, and he was like, "Get out of here, guys! This is my fight." I want to handle him. Just keep going. And so when, but why they're going on and talking about it, they're like, um, Scar actually was, was saying, which is basically the, the beginning bad guy of the story. And he, he basically ends up being the Zuko of the story. Yeah, and, I figured. And, and they, they, they still hate him. They both still hate each <laughs> other, but they still, but they realize that they need they to need stick together. Yeah. Um, cause or else everybody's dead. So, so they're, they're together kind of a thing. But then Scar is like, you know, basically saying, you know, I used to be like Mustang at one point, and if he continues down this path and actually kills this guy, he's just going to be consumed by vengeance, and there's going to be no hope for him. And so, right away, Ed is like, okay, well, now we got to go stop him, right? <laughs> and so the entire group takes a break from saving the world to have character development. Hmm. And it was an entire episode. It took, it took even more than an entire episode to further that character development. And you can't do that. And if the, if the main character was Mustang, it would be different. Mm -hmm. But you can't stop the the plot of saving the world to have character development. Oh, and, and that was one of my favorite scenes of the entire show. It was so well done. But it was disjointed with the but, rest of the story. Yeah, but it didn't matter. And you could have the greatest scene of your entire book be yes. not about the story, and you can't leave it in. This is something that I think we've talked about before, the killing your darlings. And I know we talked about this when we were talking about Brotherhood mm -hmm. is... Um, and, and don't get concerned, Hannah. We're not talking, talking about killing people. Like, you're, you're, you're a darling to us, but yeah, we're not going to kill, kill you. you. Come on. Um, <laughs> trusting you. <laughs> Dark, scary basement with guns. Dead jackalopes. <laughs> you probably should cut that part out. It's fine. Nah. We have, my dad has hunting rifles. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, they're it's locked. All good. They're locked in the cabinet. I think yeah. they're locked. Yeah. Yes, they're locked. They're locked. <laughs> like, I, re I really don't care if the world knows that we own guns. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> uh, if anything, that would be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe if Clinton becomes president, then maybe we'll be yeah. concerned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we the Second Amendment. Anyway, um, were we talking about politics again? <laughs> <laughs> we weren't. Um, what I was going to say is... Killing your darling. Yeah, yeah. With, with talking about characters, this is one of the things you're going to have to decide, too. When you when Hannah was talking about, you know, deciding what you want your character to be, what the, their purpose is. If the purpose of the character is you really, really like them, 
and that's the only purpose they serve in the story, you might need to either change their character to actually have a purpose or get rid of them entirely. Or change the story. Or change to, the story. But, and that's but, fine. Like, yeah, if you but, decide that your book wants, you need to have the story be about yeah. Mustang, uh-huh. then make it about Mustang. Which would have been fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that story would have been more fulfilling if it would have been about Mustang. Hmm. And I really think it would have been. Hmm. Because it was way less about Ed and Al's character near the end, and it was more about... Um, well, it, it wasn't really about any one character yeah. near the end, but I feel like it would have been better if it would have been about Mustang because Mustang probably goes through the most near the end out of all the characters. Um, and obviously Ed and Al still have the main end game and they still have to accomplish what they set out to do from the very beginning and they still have, you know, that problem. But, but that, but that scene didn't need to be in the story. And, and that was really sad because that was the point of the entire story. That that didn't need to be in the story because they started telling a completely different story. So what they should have done is just made the story about Mustang the entire time and made Ed and Al side characters mm-hmm. and just, and, you know, ended with, you know, nothing, think, yeah, not I anything think, else. <laughs> the last thing I think we should probably go away from uh, Brotherhood because we've been talking about it yeah. so much. Sorry. But, like, I think the main problem with that show from what I've heard and what you've been telling me is that they didn't kill their darlings Mm -hmm. is that they didn't go in the direction that they were probably probably should have gone or it it, it felt that there were multiple things they could have done to make it better and they didn't simply because they loved the characters too much I I feel like it was like you know how the original was basically discovery writing right like they they just kind of went on the whim because they didn't have a plan for what that is so true that was the discovery writing. it was discovery writing i feel like brotherhood was more of discovery writing than the original was that's sad (laughs) and and it you you can tell they should already know the story though but you you could tell that it wasn't because there were so many things that they foreshadowed fantastically and you know especially the villains and like the main end bad guy plan was so well well done and, you know, all the characters were so well thought out. But the story lacked because they tried to put way too much yeah, in. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that's a result of discovery writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That, that, that's that's a main thing. Like, one of the things that Brandon Sanderson has always talked about is that he often had the the Brandon avalanche at the end of many of his books. Like, his 13 <laughs> unpublished novels before he actually yeah. published something. And even Elantris has a bit of the Brandon avalanche in it. Where it's basically, like, every single character in in plot and setting story like arc everything basically gets solved in one scene where like all of it comes together in this one giant climactic scene where it's just like boom 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 character development oh character revelation revelation oh plot revelation one after another just rolling this avalanche and then boom and then you take a breath and it's done which sounds actually fun when you think about it but what happens is each successive revelation, each successive end of a plot arc becomes less and less fulfilling because you're just like, well, I'm still trying to process the last one that you just threw at me. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, and he's learned to stagger his climaxes now where it says, all right, now... <laughs> like he did Wars of Radiance, huh? Yes, he staggered that, <laughs> the climaxes of that book over the 500 book. pages. <laughs> yeah. That's why they're so long. Yes. Ah. Yeah, well, that... to be honest, he actually did uh, plot those out as a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So the, the book is a trilogy in one book. So it's even longer. Um, and it's yeah. insane. The, the, have you read Words of Radiance yet? Mm-hmm. I know you, you haven't read, read Way of Kings. Kings. I read part she didn't. of it. She oh, didn't you haven't finished it yet? No. Oh my goodness. Okay, so 
So I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna this. I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but Words of Radiance has a 500 page climax, and I will stand by that. <laughs> it it every single like scene near the end feels so much like a climax, that like like okay so um without giving spoilers, we're talking code the and hopefully if you've read the book and you're listening to this, you'll understand. But you know the the my our favorite scene in the thing with with Kaladin and the arena. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. So. Um, that scene was the climax of the second book, and that's how we yes. planned it, right? Mm-hmm. Then, literally, the third part... The third after, part like, is basically first... just one climax. One yeah, climax. after yeah. the first, like, five chapters, it's just setting up the climax. Yeah. And then the entire thing is just a climax. Mm-hmm. It, it and to be honest, I, I think at least part of that irked me. Really? Just a little bit of it, where I was I was like, wow, there's a lot of avalanche yeah, happening yeah. here. Yeah, okay. I, but I but obviously, he's gotten a lot better at it, so he was able to pull it off in a thousand-page novel without me being thrown out of a story, mm-hmm. which is an incredible feat by itself. Um, but, I mean, I think there was just a little bit of that where I was like, wow, this is insane how well, much is I, happening. I felt, you know? the, I felt like that, too. But I was so intrigued and wanted to know oh, yeah, more yep. that, I, that I didn't really notice. I didn't really notice it until after I was done. Reading it. <laughs> yeah, you're like and wow! After I happened. was done reading it, I was like, you know, how long was this climax? Yeah. <laughs> yep. See, I think I can remember this now. I think I read all of that, that whole 500 page climax in one day. I couldn't have done in that in one sitting. I, I remember. I doing literally that. just sat in my room. I was not. I should have been doing schoolwork, and instead <laughs> I literally just spent the whole day reading that last half of that novel. Yeah. You know. Um, I can very vividly remember that, <laughs> where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to lock myself in my room. Everybody's probably thinking I'm doing schoolwork right now, but nope, I'm just reading this book. <laughs> I probably thought you were doing schoolwork too. Probably. Yeah. But I just re- finished the book, and that was wonderful. All right, Sorry, let, let's, let's go ahead and end here with some qualitative... Substantial, solid, qualitative. qualitative, qualitative. Got you. I think qualitative is just like criticality. Correct pronunciation. That's a word I made up. I'll look it up later. It doesn't matter. Well, like quantitative and qualitative. I I pronounce it quantitative. <laughs> Pretty sure it's I'm not, not. I'm not laughing at you, Kim. I'm laughing at her laugh. I'm such a mockery on this. I, I will. Okay. We'll look it up after we're done. Well, I'm, in I'm chemistry, so we talk about quantitative understanding and qualitative understanding. So, yeah, quantitative would be math-based understanding of why something occurs, and qualitative See, would and be. And I was I'm in. Observing. I was in a math class called quantitative reasoning, and we pronounced it quantitative reasoning. Quantitative. 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 It sounds like it'd be spelled different. No. <laughs> You're indefensive. Oh, no, no, no. I am. See, I'm going to stand by this because in my past life where I would, where I used to pr- unpr- um, pronounce things really, really badly because I would only read words mm-hmm. instead of her hearing them, them. Yeah, that is how that. I yes. would have pronounced it. And so I feel like if I had just read the word, but okay, this doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll look it I'm up. I'm trying later. to think what I do actually say now. I'm confused. Anyway. So I'm sure I'll agree that criticality should be a word. <laughs> Criticality. 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 Critically. It is a trait. No, it's a noun. Criticality. Yeah. Criticality. To be. No, it's an adverb. Criticality. Criticality. That no. no critically would be. Critically an is an adverb. No. Crit- criticality is um, uh, like a trait. It's a noun. No, it's That's an. Why adjective. I said that. No. She no, critical would be, a noun. Yes, would be no, an would adjective. Be a noun. Thank you. Huh. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. English major here. <laughs> anyway. Bye. Fight, fight. Okay. okay, so so criticality. So we should all start using criticality no, now. Anyway, it's a part of my religion. Carly needs to know things. 
<laughs> oh, that look, okay, that look of disdain. Let's just give a couple <laughs> tips here before we, we sign off. Um, before we just give up. All right, so so this is this is a joke one, but make your characters interesting. <laughs> Do you know. it. Well, okay. While you were t- while I was thinking about how you build a good character and you you want to make them believable and yes. not contradictory. So then I was thinking like <laughs> characters. Well, you can make them contradictory in well, the way that they're in a role that they're probably not suited for. That tends to make well, an interesting okay, story. But, but you, you can't shouldn't do make one thing and then in another scene they're exactly. doing something like totally against You can't what make they their motivation unless you have a reason for it. Yeah. Unless their character is like, well, I have to do this because, like, it's not like one day I'm just doing. Unless some your character thing is literally then... schizophrenic or multiple personality disorder, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. that's so, the only time it would be okay. Yeah. The only times. Uh, so, so make sure that there's a, a legitimate reason for your character to contradict himself or yes. herself. That they stay true to their character. In as um, much as it is in their power. Yes, in as much as it's in their power, but also, um, just so it makes sense. Yes, I guess, but. You have to keep in mind that people can be hypocritical. Yes. Whether they notice it or not, that some people, and obviously even then, but you they still usually have, to give have them a justifications. Reason. Yes. They have justifications for being hypocritical, even if they're subconscious ones. But okay, what I'm trying to say is like, in in my head, you know, a character doing something that I think is stupid and they're smart, that that seems like um when I was first started writing, that seemed hypocritical to me, like that. You know, that's illogical, so therefore a character wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But ca- people can be illogical, yes. so they can make mistakes, they can do stupid things. And it doesn't go against their character unless there's some immortal deity that can't, you know, make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> I was, where I was going with this was, like, a good description of a personality or a character. That made me think of the 16 Personalities yes. website. Yes. Like, Ooh, that's would be a good... good yes. Thing to read through, like, do you want this? Oh, definitely. To be introverted like, literally now, so. now when I write books, put that, in the line that is what I do. I act, I will put that on the liner notes. It is. A, I don't know if you know about this, Carly, but like, it's a personality test website, and I've literally done this with a lot of my characters. Now I've just taken the test for those characters mm-hmm. and just said, okay, what would they do in this situation? And then it brings up this personality type. Mm-hmm. Read through it. Really, pick, pick a few of those like strengths and weaknesses that you really want to focus on. For like, okay, this character is this way a lot. Like mm-hmm. that. That's a main core of their character. But obviously, you shouldn't have them only be like this personality type is their character throughout. Yeah. And but it just forever. gives you a lot to think. It about. just gives you yeah. It gives you tools to work with. Mm-hmm. Well, the I think the greatest thing to do with characters is to to know to be so like. To know your character so well that that you can talk about, you can use the descriptions to tell their character. You know what I mean? Like what you were yes. saying before with the, the leak and the plumbing yes. thing. That just to know your character so much that when you are writing, it is believable that this is him or yes. this is her. That that you as a person don't come off in your character writing. It's especially when you're, okay, not especially, but when you're talking about like third person um, Third person limited, limited specifically. Yes, you you need to make sure that it's not you that's writing the character. It's you, you, the character. It's a voice. Yeah, it's the a voice. voice. Yes, especially if you're doing first person. Oh yes, especially mm-hmm. if you're doing first person. That is one of the main reasons first person books work. Is mm-hmm. that it's in the character's voice, and the character has a very unique, which can't be your voice. interesting voice. Yeah. If you want to make a character that is your voice, pretty much, that's fine. But if all of your books are like that. Oh well, yeah. You, you know can't, what I mean? You like can't you make can't it, do you, that. Yeah, it's that's that it's would not be boring. an autographer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, no. No. It's it's, no, it's well, fantasies. Can, it's you, daydreaming. 
Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're writing yourself. And what I'm saying is you can totally, like, make a character where it's like, this person is a lot like me, and I'm going to talk. Yeah. Like, the the voice of this character is going to be a lot like my voice. Obviously, you don't want to do it wholesale. Like, every part of this character well, is me. Yeah, I don't think everybody wants to write a character, or write a, write a uh, you know, well, yeah, write a character as you, because not everybody likes every single trait about yeah, themselves. Yeah, that's true. Like, so for, for example, the main character of To Look Skyward, that I'm, my, my novel, is okay. Kirillon. He is an ENFP. He's a lot like me, but he's also different than me in some very specific ways, such as the fact that he was brought up in a completely different social situation, and he was depressed for most of his life, and he's also extremely involved in politics, and so on and so forth, whereas, like, even if he started this exact same personality type as me at the very beginning of his life, situations have made him very, very different than me. Um, and also the fact that, you know, it's a fantasy world and yeah. there's magic and stuff, and that's going to change things, too. Um, but, yeah, I think so. So just holds us out a couple of concrete one-sentence tips. Make your character's voice shine. Make... Like, you no, know, for the third person limited stuff, every chapter, if you're doing third person limited or first person narrative, every chapter from a specific character should sound like that character. Whereas, you know, everything that is described is described like that character would describe it. And obviously you can only go so far. Like you're going to, you, you, you could spend, you're literally an, an entire lifetime working on a novel to make sure that this character is always describing things exactly as they would describe them. But, you know, just choose some things that they like, choose some of their hobbies, choose what, you know, figure out what their occupation is, figure out what their personality is like, and then use those as guideposts to make their descriptions just, you know, like they would describe them. Um, you know, simple thing where the plumber would notice something that the baker would not. The baker would notice the the bread on the table and the specific texture of the bread and what the bread type is and all of these various things that no one else would care about. Yeah. Whereas it, it, the plumber would notice the leak in the ceiling. It's very interesting to see that in my own life of, you know, being a bagger now, of going oh, yeah, to a definitely. grocery store. Oh, and being definitely. like, and just just looking at the people and being like, you're so stressed out right now. <laughs> like, I uh -huh. feel bad for you. And even even just standing in the line, because I got I got a lot at the grocery store, so it wasn't going through the self checkout. Yes. And I just I stood there and I was just super tense because I was like, at a grocery store and I wasn't bagging it. Uh -huh. And I sat there and I was like, I need to be bagging. My body was like, you're gonna get fired. You need to bag. And I was just like, I can't. You're gonna get fired. There's, there's a bagger and he's doing stuff. I can't just be like, get out of here. Well, that would be hilarious, though. I could have, but um, yeah. And that is a great example. I'm really glad you brought that up because one of the most important things that you can do is take your own life experience and put it mm -hmm. into your novel. Like, obviously, you shouldn't do every part of your life is in this novel somewhere, yeah. but you can use those tools. Like, I know how to wash dishes yeah. and if i ever write a story where someone works at a like a restaurant washing dishes i know exactly how to describe what that's like yeah down to the minute details <laughs> and, and and so i could totally write that and and but this is why it's really important to be reading a lot mm -hmm. as as a writer and well, to be experiencing a yeah. lot of things and to just because, be good at psychology if you, yes, if you if to you understand know, psychology if you know not you don't need to be a master in psychology but just study that a little bit and get a good feel for human psychology and then you can very you know you can you can easily guess what a person is yes. feeling or thinking or something like that in certain situations that you create 
And also just take this from other people's lives too. Just yeah. be observant. Like most of the, a lot of character quirks that I've put in my characters have been because of things I've observed in random people. Yeah, like they're, Justin. They're, exactly. Justin That's what I was just going to say. Like there's a, a friend of ours named Justin who speaks a certain way. And I have just, I was just listening to him speak and I'm like, that is going to be a character. And he is a character in To Look Skyward. Not like the whole thing is him, but like the way he speaks is in that character. And, and that was just a little piece, but it makes it more realistic because it's real. You're, you're just transporting something real into your story. <laughs> Um, and so it's it's really important as a writer to be like a sort of jack of all trades, being observant about all these different things, learning as much as you can about a bunch of different little things, um, because all of that will come in handy. Mm-hmm. Um, the second tip. Concrete <laughs> yeah. and short. Yes, yeah, second concrete yeah. and short tip <laughs> um, is don't make too many characters. Yeah. You need to be able to focus. Have an economy of characters. Yeah. Um, focus, focus on the people who matter. Focus on the people who matter. You don't and... need to make every single person in a story a super well-rounded individual. You can have the random spear bearer who just dies in the first chapter without telling us their entire life story. For instance, Way of Kings. Well, he didn't tell us his life story. He just gave us enough oh, that yeah. we cared when he died, yeah. which was the point of that chapter. Yeah, I was really excited about the story being about this kid. And I was like, oh, this, this kid is cool. And then he died. And I was like, but I don't like Kaladin. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I thought at the very beginning. I was like, I don't like this. This little kid leader guy, he's just a punk. Because I saw it from the viewpoint of that kid, mm. the other kid, That's who was like, oh, you're a stuck-up leader. And so, To be honest, I never afterwards. saw it as stuck-up leader. I saw it as this kid was, like, in awe of this guy who could just take out a million, like, take out, not a million, take out, like, 15 soldiers by himself. Oh, you know oh yeah, what I mean? no, like, I was talking about, like, the very beginning when he's just talking with Kaladin. He, like, right, rides up on right, his horse right. or whatever. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And did he just has that, you know, oh, yeah, that feel of like, oh, I'm, I'm not, or I'm inferior to you. Right. And so I sympathized with him and didn't like him as much. Mm, okay. And so right away I was like, eh, you know, he might be the villain of the character and I'm siding with this guy. Okay. All right. And so then he died. See, that's just like, really, what? really interesting that we're using Wave Kings as a negative example somehow. Well, I never no, thought that no, would happen. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it was a bad thing. It was just how I felt at the beginning. Okay. Where, yeah, but it, it could have been it, a bad thing. No, you know it, I mean? it's it's not. I'm not saying that it is. Right. I, I'm just saying that that's how I took it, being being me thinking that that was the main right. character. Where I just it, he he did it in such a way where it was it was cool and I like it, and that it made me care about this guy dying because you know it's just yeah. some random soldier that died and I cared about it. Uh-huh. Why? Because I was in his head for a chapter. Right. right. Okay. And I was cool with that. Yeah. But I just was like, oh, but he was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think part of the problem with that book is. Um, it's there's three first chapters there's yeah the prelude you do the have prologue, to get through that in the first mm-hmm. chapter and then the second chapter which is the first time we can see actually kaladin for his yes. point uh-huh. so um the toughie and i'm sure that was one of the reasons that it was so hard to get into no it was more just i didn't have time right in my life at that point all right we, we need to give it to you then before you leave yeah. today <laughs> Make sure you read it. It, it is. We have actually dozens fantastic. of books that you should read, so you should just pick one and yeah. take it. But okay, so short, concrete. What is wrong with us? I don't know. I'm gonna blame Hannah. All right, so so what was the first one again? <laughs> she gives me insert evil glare here. <laughs> what, what was the uh, first, first one? one was um, voice. Make yeah, your character's voice. voice shine. Okay, make your character's voice shine. Focus, Focus on, on a few main characters. Yeah. And, and how I was just going to describe that, hopefully, it was supposed to be in a shorter way than what you were going to. Um, but you, it's because you interrupted me, and so Sorry. I couldn't. Um, but <laughs> he was just like, no. Nah. Yes. Um, but to, to, like, 
give each character the amount of focus that they need and like have have like a pyramid of like okay this is the main character so i need to make sure that i focus more on this person than right. anybody else okay and then for, these for, people less but more than these yes. guys for a real quick example the third book of uh dan wells's um sci-fi apocalypse series uh partials um, that was what he did in the third book where he had a lot of characters up to that point, a lot of people he had introduced and started hiding viewpoints from, but he, he said every three chapters, he knew he had to get back to the main character story. And that was the thing he said, he, I will not go past that limit. If, if I've gone three chapters without going back to Kira, I've gone too long. Okay. And so he had, he kept that as a rule for himself, which is a great rule to have if you're doing a character. And that's why, um, I'm, that's what I'm doing in Tulik Skyward is I basically decided that I'm going to do a strict one chapter rotation like one two three one two three one two three so we have an even amount of character for each of those main people because they're all important to the story i'm trying to tell but if i take one way too long then we're going to care more about that guy and then totally forget yeah. about the other people and, so. and that was the same thing with way of kings is when they went to different parts i know i'm and like wow i totally get... forgot about that character yeah yes like you you get to part two and it's like oh, oh shalon was a... <laughs> well then you get to part three and you're like wait shalon was a thing i totally yeah. forgot about uh -huh. shalon yeah mm -hmm. so yeah it's kind of difficult but it, it still possible. worked it, it, it was possible um and he, he did a good job with it yes but you still need to make sure that you don't do that too much. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So tip number three. So tip number one was let your character's tip, voice tip shine. Number three, I'm gonna tip, take over. tip number two is okay. don't have too many characters. Don't have too many characters. Tip, tip number, number three. three is to know your character very well. And what I did when I was writing Soul Thief is I... I looked up like a hundred questions to ask your character. Yes. And those I just kind of questionnaires are great for that. I just had a list. I did no. not. I didn't think so. I, a failure. Yeah. Well, I kept not reading failure, it. I kept reading it to like revise priorities. it. Yeah. <laughs> I kept reading it to like read it to, to edit it and revise it and to like remember where I left off. And I just, it was so bad. I couldn't finish it. I was just I like, I can't, I can't keep writing this cause it's just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really didn't know where I was really going. I, I knew what the end game of the story was supposed to be, but it wasn't fleshed out enough. And the beginning of the story didn't really have as much to do with it as it should have. So I, I felt more reason to finish it. <laughs> yeah. The, the first beginning of the story was this guy shooting orcs for no mm -hmm. reason. <laughs> He's protecting some guy. Come on. That's do you true. need I a reason did... to shoot orcs? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He was protecting some mayor guy. He was the mayor guy. In my mind, he was a mayor. Why did I think that? Uh, he looked like a mayor in my mind. Yes, maybe, definitely. Yeah, maybe, but he was maybe just that's a fat how guy. I. Yeah, I don't think I ever revealed that in the story, but in my mind, he was. I don't know. That's what the yeah, culture tells me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Um, Isn't uh, he the yeah. guy who ended up being a demon? Yes. Yeah. He ended up. Yes, he ends yep. up being oh, a demon I think later I on. I vaguely remember that. I yeah. know I read some. His of name it. was Lurd. Lurd. Remember that? Yes. I hated yeah. that name. Yeah. Well, that was the point. I know. I know it was the point. Yeah. And then it was Thenin, and I love. I, I still use him. that name. I love that name so much. Thenin, it just sounds so cool. Child. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, <laughs> yeah, no. But and then there but yes, was know your there characters was learned. really well. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. just getting into my story. Yep. No. Um. But yeah. So know your characters very well. What I did is just I brought up like a a bunch of different questions, and it was basically like um. You know, what is this eye color, hair color? And then it went into, you know, personal What was your childhood of, like? How many siblings yeah. did you have? Did you get along with your siblings? Yes. Stuff like that. St stuff like that. And, and one that I did, it was it was less about past and more about like... Personality? Yeah. Personality and like specific statistics. And like uh, oh, right. some of them were that. percentile yeah, systems yeah, yeah. of like... How 
how courageous he, he, are no, you? Yeah, not how courageous. It was like you know, uh, like how how good are you? Like morality wise, right? And then there was one of like how is he going to end up? And I would do a percentage uh-huh. of how well or how bad he's going to end up, up in yeah. the end. Um, stuff like that. I remember so, going through those questionnaires that mm-hmm. you. Like yeah. with your characters and seeing, oh, this guy was going to have a bad ending. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. And I start, I also remember writing one of the end scenes. Remember me mm-hmm. writing one yep. of the end scenes and I never... And I liked the end yeah. of it. Yeah. I really did. That's just, it was going to take you so long to get mm-hmm. there. So I, Okay. I kind of want to go back and read the end scenes again. Cause I, I remember, I remember writing those and being like, I love this so much, but that was because it was the ending. And I just, I couldn't get there. I have to say, one of the things that you do need to do if you go back to that story is make it second way less tolkien yeah yeah no i, I and i tried to do that elves and dwarves yes. and gnomes and, and, and wizards and, and i wrote that at such a young great. age yep. i wrote that at such oh, a yeah. young age that i didn't really care enough mm-hmm. but then when i got older i was like well now this i need dumb. to fix this <laughs> yeah. and that was the problem i think that was the main reason that i stopped writing it is because i wanted because you yep. kept criticizing me about all the things i wasn't doing right so therefore yep. i i had to go back and fix it yep. And so, because that's I the, had to go back and fix it, yeah. I never finished. That's the main it. reason it I haven't finished. Too overwhelming. That's yeah, yeah. That's the main reason I haven't finished the Pro and Adi too. Mm-hmm. Is because I had the same thing happen yeah. to me, where I was like, I started off. This is a story about elves and dwarves, and yeah, it was great. And I was like, dang it, I don't write. I know more story. now. Like, I don't want to write this. I don't want want it to be like this. And so, I it's, it's going to be a very long process of transitioning. I'm going to have to kill some darlings before I ever get back to that story and be like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, this race, this race cannot exist, that, yeah. and it just has this to go away. This race can't exist. I can't you know, have this race that is basically lots elves. of maps and yeah, a yeah, lot of different so races. So many maps. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have. I so that. I remember playing a Civilization Five game, Hot Seat, with myself. 12 different civilizations, each one being played by me. So I had to do 12 different turns, and this was over hundreds of turns. And it it took me so long. But basically what I did was I just ran, I, I set up this map. Well, I kind of had, had the specifications of how I want it to be a randomly generated map, but like I knew it was going to be a Pangea, like one con and all this stuff. And I randomly had, okay, this civilization is going to be this race and so on and so forth. And then I had them all wander around the map for 50 turns, trying to find the perfect place for them to settle down. And then I started making cities. And yeah, it was just this giant But I think for you, that was like a good growing thing. Oh, it definitely was. Because of all the world building you did. Oh, you yes. did a lot of world I building. I did so much world building. And you learned a lot about world building. Yes. Like the good, the bad, and the ugly. I also learned how to get so stuck in world building that you never write anything. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And so, I did write a lot in that book. I wrote no, 60,000 words. I remember reading quite I, a bit. I, wrote, I re- wrote an entire first part that has its beginning, middle, of end of a very solid arc. I had a very solid character arc for every single person in that but story. So- but there were yeah. so many persons, yes. And then the next part was yeah. going to be three completely different characters. Yes. And, and, and the, problem, the problem the problem with that is because we we knew those characters so Inside well out. that it was so easy to switch because it was from each our RPG campaign. Yeah. yeah. So it, it it you know there was no problem with it. Um, but, but it was a problem for everybody else because they didn't yes, know the characters. They, they didn't so, know. So okay. So back to the it doesn't tips. matter. Go ahead. So so the tip number three. Tips. Yeah. Tip number three would be to know your character. Um, you know, fill out something on online or just find some sort of, you know, hundred questions to ask your character, fill that out, yes. know your character very well. 
Um, and then for, tip number four, since we already got into this, is finish your book no matter what. Yes. <laughs> Don't criticize it so much that you're not going to finish your book. Yes. If It's very good to be critical. Very good to be critical because you want your art to be fantastic. And you shouldn't settle with anything less. But, but if it stops you from making your art, yes, then just then write you're, it. you've been doing it too much. Step write back. it, finish it, and then be critical about the next book. Yes. Or go back to that book and revise it. Yeah. Revise yeah. the heck out of it, you know, if yes, your heart's but, content. But, but finish, finish it first. It. Train yourself to finish yes. books or else you will never finish a book. Which is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have finished short stories, novellas, all that stuff, but I have never writ- written in a novel-length work all the way through. Yeah. That is what I'm doing right now, and that is what I will not be able to tell anyone else to do with any mm-hmm. amount of gusto until I actually do it. So Okay, so and, and tip number four, then, is not really a character tip. It is simply a, a writing tip. Just yes. finish your book, no matter what. Finish it. Hypocrites. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, well, no, we're, we're saying this for Please live Please yes. let us live yes. vicariously through you. Yes. We're, we're saying this because we, we had this problem. Yes. And and we're telling you this is a problem, yes. so don't do the same thing that we did. You and this is all... This is the stuff that I've learned from writing excuses by listening to who knows how many episodes. There's so many episodes of that podcast. Um, that's always what they say. The only way you're going to be better at writing, barring any knowledge you get from people doing podcasts, write. Yes. <laughs> Just write and finish things. That's how you write. Yep. Yep. Okay, so then, uh, just as a side note, and we're not going to get into this. We're not going to get into this. But to to make your characters... Um, not just about themselves. That reminds me of a longboard story. <laughs> <laughs> about your uncle. That will only yeah. make you make poor decisions in life. This has been another episode yeah. of The Christian Artist. But please finish your thought. Um, to make your characters care... About certain things, but you know that's more of um, tip number three. It's you know to write out a list of things and you know figure out what your character cares about, mm-hmm. but make each of your um, characters have a reason to be in the same story as your other characters. Yeah. To to if you're that's good. You, no matter what kind of story you're writing, unless you're writing a story about a guy on an island, he he's gonna have your if you have other characters in the story. Um, you know there needs to be a reason as to why they're in the same yes. story. And, and if the story is about the characters and not about the story, if you're not using the story or the characters to to as tools to further your story, if you're using the story as a tool to further your characters, which is what I like to do instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, if you're doing that, you need to make sure that all of your characters have a reason not to be in the story, but to be with the other characters. Hmm. And, it, you know, make them care about each other or make them hate each other. But make and, them and that's why they're, you know, whatever. With each other. But yeah, make, yeah. make them with each other. Um, that, that is, I don't want to say a problem because it's so good, but with way of Kings, it's, you know, they're Uh. at the beginning, none of the characters, they're just in the same world. None of them see each other. But again, but again, that makes the moment where they all come together and meet each other. It's like Avengers. So much more satisfying. It's like Avengers. Like it's not like Avengers, but the Percy Jackson series, the the second series, the heroes of Olympus, Mm -hmm. it did this absolutely masterfully first two books we already said this three different podcast, i know so. i'm just saying yeah no but we, first but first two books three, no, three completely different characters each one and then they meet up and it's great okay there you go that's all i was gonna say <laughs> all right well you listen weren't to going previous to. episode yes <laughs> yeah but okay so that's that would be tip number five is um you know have good relationships with your characters <laughs> um, 
<laughs> no, you have. Oh, I know have what you're your, saying. Have your characters have good relationships with each other. There you go. That's a better that, way to that say that. That is my favorite is thing. Is it? Yes, no. That is, that's and my and favorite. by good, it means interesting. Yeah, that is my favorite thing about characters is seeing them interact with each other. With other characters. Wax and Wayne. Two of my favorite, yep. my two favorite characters of all time simply because of how they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Schofield and Lincoln Burroughs yes. from Prison Break. <laughs> they're they're fantastic because there is the perfect example of what two brothers should be. Michael Schofield and Sucre. Yeah, are even, even them. I mean, they're just now. fantastic together. So so just having these characters interact with each other in such amazing ways because because that's what we do as people is we yeah. live for each other to to have we're social creatures. Yeah, we're social creatures. So make your characters social creatures unless they're that is 100% bonus tip number five. Yeah. All right, we should definitely finish this episode. I'm going to right. do so much editing on this, and I yeah. still have to start it for finals. This is going to be great. All right, so. Pray for me. <laughs> hashtag pray for chaos. Yes. That's, that's our hashtag, because I All don't right. want to think of another one. There you go. All right, this has been The Christian Artist. Thank you for listening. And you can find us on Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show at Facebook at Facebook.com slash Christian Artist Show and on our website at ChristianArtistShow.com. We're also starting a new podcast pretty soon, me and David, called Story Shaped Like Dice. I will talk about that later on, a pre- on another episode when Ooh, I actually here. have, like, you know, episodes up yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. so. All right, so... um. At some point, we do need to just, at the end of an episode, we just need to, we need to say something and then I just need to be like, click, and then you just need to say that speech. Like a robot, where I just hit the, alright, end spiel button, click on your brain, and you just, you know, spell it's it It's so out. ingrained in my brain that yeah. I can just do it like that. I can tell. Yep. Alright, have a great week, guys. Hashtag pray for Caleb. <laughs> I don't know that.